This is the Formation Lab. Vilkinen Alleluita. Meyamo Luke. Teyamo Tim. We are the most international podcast in the world. It's the Formation Lab. Tim, how you doing? I am all kinds of confused because that was either German or Austrian. And then we went seamlessly into either Spanish or Portuguese. And uh, I'm guessing Spanish. Um, but uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, that was I'm trying a lot. to talk. I'm trying to talk to uh, the world's largest uh, group of people. After you talk to one of the world's smallest groups of people with the Germans. Mm-hmm. I okay. mean, there's hey, Brazilians sure... of Portuguese speakers out there. Oh, yeah, I, I know. Brazilians I say, but... on Brazilians. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you guys see what I had to put up with, man? Like, every day. Every day. It's <laughs> every, every day. day with this stuff. Oh, but hey, we hey. are not talking about any of those countries. We're talking about the great country of Japan. One of this my favorite what... places on the planet, and I've never even been there. Yeah, Japan actually rips. I just had some Japan snacks today uh, at work. Uh, their strawberry Kit Kats are fire, um, as are their ball drinks. Uh, had a couple of those ball drinks. Don't overanalyze that. Uh, Dylan is not here to do that for us, so I, I will had, not be doing it in his stead. I also had meat spider snacks. So, okay, so they're like they're like take Cheetos, get all the cheesy dust off of them, and put on the, like the dust of like soy sauce cooked barbecue meat. It's delicious. Man, your cardiologist is going to just hate you someday. I, uh, I, I, dude, I'm a Minnesotan. This is, I am going to be the, I'm you probably are the cleanest a, Minnesotan. You dude. are a Missouri boy through and through. I don't want to hear it. What I'm uh, saying is, what I'm saying anyway. is, picture the diet of your average oh, Minnesotan. God. My cardiologist is going to love me. <laughs> anyway, we had anyway. a Grand Prix in yeah. Japan at the hallowed track of Suzuka, um, and it delivered something. Um, can, this can I just, can yeah. I just say it was nice to see Suzuka in the brilliant, clear-skied sunshine? Yeah. Know, it feels right? like feels like every time I see Suzuka, I see cloudy gray skies, possible rain, or, you know, just uh, typhoons coming in. But the Suzuka looked absolutely lovely, Tim. It did, and it was... It was kind of uncharacteristic, if I'm honest, uh, as you just uh, included. Um, But but I loved it. I loved seeing how these cars actually behave in a clockwise counterclockwise fashion. Um, It was kind of a beautiful true test. Uh, And we found out a lot of things uh, this weekend, namely that Red Bull's back. The Singapore thing was indeed a blip Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, a, a whole bushel of other stuff too, Luke. I believe you wanted to start with the good news, boys, didn't you? Yeah, we're going to start off with a little bit of positive news. All right. Um, Look, I, folks, we need more positive in our lives. All we of our do. lives. And McLaren is experiencing the positive, And it's honestly been kind of fun to watch McLaren. I'm not saying they're particularly close to a championship, thinks Red Bull. But this is the closest I've seen McLaren to championship form since Lewis left, arguably. Arguably, this is the fastest we've seen them, and that's consistently through, uh, you know, two weekends of completely different setups. So, uh, yeah, both of them are on merit, and both of them are very impressive. Yeah, and I think, la- you know, if if Red Bull was a blip last weekend, McLaren obviously they've had the upgrades for a little longer. Uh, props to Mika Hakkinen, by the way, because everybody was going like, "No, they're not going to contend for a race." Are you high, dude? Are you high right now? And They're then not all of a sudden, in. huh? Look at that. 
Go figure. The former the former F one driver knows more than Joe Schmo. Uh, <laughs> you you would hope. Um, you would hope, right? But yeah, but, no. Uh, uh, they I they have turned week, good good to form. Yeah, I think last week was like maybe they're still blipping, but I think this week I I think just solidified to me that they're legit. They are too legit to quit. And honestly, if they just carry, they don't have to carry this momentum. They just have to not take a step back. Uh. I could see them being the second fastest team on the grid next, like number two in points next year. I would say so. I think they might. <laughs> that is all to say. We don't know, you know, what upgrades Red Bull has brought. We don't know what they will bring. We don't know what they will do. We know it's a monster upgrade for McLaren. So we hope that the offseason uh, development continues. However, we have been disappointed by McLaren in the not too recent past. Yep. Um, so that everything should be taken with a grain of salt. But all we know is that uh, McLaren is good now. And when they're good in the moment, they tend to stay good for a while. Yeah. And, you know, I just I did you see the picture that was on the front page of the uh, Formula One subreddit that was like Max Verstappen is being chased by Lando Norris. And it's Verstappen coming out of the S's and way off in the background. You can see a little McLaren orange going into the Ooh. first curve. Like I said, they're yes. not close, but the fact McLaren was kind of out there on its own was uh, a big uh, silver lining. Cause I think, I think all of us in terms of like formula one fandom, like know that like McLaren is a name that's better when they're good. Like the sports better when they are good, you know? So I think, uh, I think I'm happy. I'm happy to see the, uh, the orange back out front back near the front. I do because like back, back out near the front. Yeah, back out front is um is yeah, Max. I mean, look, I mean goodbye. this was this was ridiculous. This was a shellacking. This was not a the the race itself was kind of poor. The storylines that came out were entertaining enough. Tim, we'll get into the ratings later, but Red yeah. Bull is it was ultimately a blip. This was that this was a shellacking. Ultimately a blip. Odd uh uh calls by by Red Bull. Um later on in the race that we'll we'll touch base later because it was with their other driver whose name will remain unnamed mentioned until later on um for legal purposes um but i what a it, it was just weird everything was kind of weird this weekend um i i think uh, we got we got some clear updates uh on uh the picture of how things are going to look moving forward but man a, a couple of teams are making me wonder uh, namely, first Red Bull with uh, one Checo Perez. Yeah, that was way, uh, now later. Yeah, that was the. Uh, that is the worst drive I've ever seen Checo Perez have in all of his years in Formula One. I can't think of a worse drive than that. A double DNF, and Red Bull also won the race. Yeah, it is impressive <laughs> how that happened. How is that a thing in the in the rule book where you can retire a car and unretire it to serve a penalty for the sole purpose of serving the penalty? That he, that's impossibly stupid. I'm not sure. Uh, here's what I will say too. Um, there were a lot of DNFs, so when they unretired the car, part of me thought, "Well, shoot, boy, log some laps. At this rate, you could lose another three cars and at least steal a point from it." But yeah. Checo, how many wings did he get? Three? I think he got three because, yeah, the three first one came phones. off uh, before turn one. The second came off, and then the third, it it was a bad day. 
it was a really bad day. He was diving on everybody. So, um, you know, not great for him. I do think that they will be looking for a new number two, regardless of the fact that Checo has a uh, contract through 2024. Yeah. Okay. So it, that brings us to the next uh, little bit that like I wanted to hit is this, this is the deal sealer to me. This is the straw. The camel's back is broke before we even got to Qatar, man. I, I, I'm calling right now. Danny Rick to Red Bull, and then Liam Lawson slots in at AT. There's I ah, any any other you missed it, the headline this weekend uh, that Daniel Ricardo has been officially announced for Alpha Tower. He's been officially announced, but they're the same team, so they, they can are unofficially the announce it. I think that they actually might have Liam Lawson next to Max. Oh. You set one up for failure because Daniel Ricardo has not had time enough time behind that wheel. He instantly broke himself. So, uh, you know, it, 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 you'd have to go with Liam Lawson. He's kicking ass. Liam Lawson is kicking ass, but like, you know, who else looked like they were going to be an ass kicker until they got into the number two seat at Red Bull. And he's been everyone who's been in the second seat of Red Bull in the last seven years. He's been doing great compared to other number twos. He's gotten this full second season. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is uh, that is the bar. That <laughs> is look, the bar. I, like I, I don't think that is setting Liam Lawson up for a long term. And I hate to say this, but how many years does Danny Rick have left in him as a full time F one driver? Well. You got to remember that the the youngster thing is not what uh, Red Bull goes in for anymore. They're not really looking that that long term. Max is in his early twenties. He's going to be the champ forever. They just have to make him happy. It's everybody else. So this is right, but I you know just... they're not looking at long term. They're looking at short term to supplement to try to maximize points and win the championship faster. So it's going to be someone like. Daniel Ricardo ultimately, but they'll put uh, Liam Lawson up there for Daniel to get his sea legs back under him and then sack Liam Lawson probably somewhere around the summer break next year and promote Daniel Ricardo. And it'll be a big press story and everybody will love it because secretly Daniel Ricardo is an American. Secretly, he really is. Yeah. I, and I, uh, that's that's who everybody's turning out for. So that's who they want in that seat. They're Danny just Rick will race right a NASCAR race when he retires and put money. Oh, on well, we'll see. Maybe not. I I would actually say he might run multiple races in the same season. Uh, he could. But he won't. You're, te- you're telling me if someone gave him a charter number three at Darlington. Yeah, he he get, they it. get they give him a black number three at Darlington. He wouldn't do it. No, not a motor speedway. No way. Too dangerous. He hates those ovals. At Darlington. Darlington's not that fast. He'd race at Darlington. And he's not that brave. <laughs> He, his his balls aren't that big. Uh, so uh, you also not a good weekend for Williams. Uh, Williams gets a Ooh, nice double retirement delivery too. But by oh, the way, it looks so good. Oh, that was so sexy. Oh, it was so good. And they're still and they're still rocking it. Second weekend in a row. Let's go. I I, I that golf sponsorship man. I, that's like gold, man. I would just be. I if I was running a team like that, dude. I would just say, what are we gonna make in merch sales? Here's what we're gonna do. Golf, you're sponsoring us for the grand total of a hundred dollars a year. We just get to use your colors. Okay, it's sick. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I just I think it's cool. But yes, an utterly forgettable weekend. Uh, one from the atrocious driving of uh, Logan Sargent to the kind of disappointing bummer. 
of uh, Alex Albon. I don't think Albon's was his fault, though, right? It was an, it was a mechanical failure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Logan Sargent, we finally got an F1 American, and uh, Logan's terrible. <laughs> He's not good. Well, no, we have Danny Rick. It's going to be okay. Um, <laughs> you know, he is a, he is for all intents and purposes an American, but that's all right. But no, I think, uh, there's another team that we had to talk about their pairing right now. Yes. Do you know where I'm going? Are you going with another team that's not McLaren, but also starts with an M? Yes. I uh, would like to talk about the ongoing and the trouble I'm, that man, is Malfa Romeo. I knew it. Uh, yep. You were, you're right on it. Malfa Romeo. Um, yeah, it, what else can France toss to? Like, honest <laughs> to God, like the guy has done everything and they're just monkeying with him at this point. And I will say that Alfred Romeo did have the best, uh, race, uh, like weekend livery, the, the artwork that they always bring saying, Hey, oh, yeah. Alfred's coming. It had, uh, Guan Yuzhou and, uh, and, uh, mustached Botas with his mullet, like surfing and shit. Uh-huh. It was really kind of goofy and fun. I loved it. I loved all the artwork that the teams brought out. I love that we go the extra mile for the Japanese fans because they are just the best. Yeah. Um, but no, I am talking about for the last several races, and indeed this year, you could say anytime a member of, I don't know, Mercedes gets a podium, the normal uh, uh, protocol would be to go and celebrate uh, your driver. Uh, so your side of the garage would go and celebrate. Heck, both sides might go if it's been a you know a really good weekend for the team. Um, all that well, they both should go, or someone shows up. Um, well, it didn't happen uh, for for uh, Lewis Hamilton earlier this year, and then in Singapore last weekend, uh, it didn't happen for him again. Uh, and now the the excuse they gave was, oh, we you know the car was at the beginning of the pits, and you know the the teams we just we just couldn't make it. And they, I don't know if they've given an excuse this time. George's car was in the barriers at the last minute because he cocked up the last turn um, and took his rear axle off. Um, but doggone, if they were not there to support Lewis again, that is combined with. Lewis having a really hard time getting around George and George being a petulant child. He cried and whinged over the phone, pleaded his case. And to be honest with you, all I heard was an entitled brat trying to work mommy or daddy uh, Toto in the, in the pit to try to bone over the seven time world champion for strategy calls. He made a one-stop strategy in uh, in Japan, dumb move. Everybody knew it wouldn't work, but he wanted to make the gamble and he pled with the team, please consider uh, plan B. And so they said, okay, go ahead, roll it. Um, and then sure enough, because the two stop was faster, uh, Lewis came out on fresh rubber and was right on top of George. And George says, well, let me get DRS. No, let me, let me do this. Come on, help my race. Don't, why are you throwing out my race? Dude, you threw out your own race laps ago. And, you know, to be honest with you, the lack of accountability from George Russell and the coddling that they're giving him and not showing up for Lewis is kind of blowing my mind. Not sending anybody for two races, that is intent. Does it remind you a bit of Red Bull and Max Verstappen? Early Max Verstappen? It is reminiscent where the old dog who's done really, really well, who led you to seven world championships, either directly or indirectly with Nico, or no, sorry, five. 
because they won six or so. Yeah. I don't know. They won a lot. Yeah. And I'm too <laughs> tired. It's, it's, it's yeah, far. It's, We're it's, all it's tired, dog. But no, like um, you're, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of just letting the old dog take it, you know? You're just kind of being like, just pucker up. You got this, but And like, here's the thing too, is it would be one thing if when Max came up, he was very, it was, it was no secret from race one that Max was fast. He was very rough around the edges. Don't get me wrong. He was a crashy young boy, right? But we knew he was fast and it was clear that if you developed him, he would be a talent. And it was also clear that, like, you know, yeah, Vettel, how much longer does than what well, number one driver? I what I'm getting at here is Hamilton still got it in many ways. He he I mean he's got two thirds this year. Like yeah. he's doing great. Like he he hangs in there with the young pups. And, and, and when and when it comes push comes to shove and he's in dogfight mode, he's got it. Yeah. And he doesn't collapse like a freaking folding table. No, and I, I just, George, here, wait, I'm going to talk for a second. I'm going to go back and find my note because George at a very okay, specific okay. point. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go, go. Well, so, okay. So my point is, is that Hamilton still has the dog in him, right? Like, is he raw pace? I mean, maybe not, but he's also in a, a dog turd of a car by Mercedes standards. Most of the grub would kill to make a Mercedes car, but. He's not in a car that reasonably is going to be getting a podium every weekend, let alone a race win. And he's kind of dragged the team kicking and screaming to its best results this year. And whenever George gets the opportunity to, it just womp womp. Do you have that note? Did you find it? Uh, Yeah, I did. You know, it says uh, Russell is fighting with the team orders on lap 49 at uh, 47. He was saying, uh, no, please, or let him give me DRS or something. And he's throwing out every excuse in the book. And their response was, give plenty of room. So they did tell him to get out of the way. But, you know, it was one of those things where he fought them for at least a lap or two. And that's just, to me, it's just smacks of of disrespect. There also, uh, there was one where I was probably, honestly, was probably in the Singapore Grand Prix because in the final stages, George just does not have that dog in him. No. He does. No. Lewis I, does. I, I wonder but if that can be that formed instinct. or if that's just I don't I don't know, but he's he's got every talent in the world except the one to finish it off. Here's my question to you, okay? Would you say the same thing about Max Verstappen at his early career? No. Max came in a born killer. Hmm. Max Max came out of the womb a killer. Like that guy that guy was almost purpose bred to be fast. Right. Um but you know, with his crashiness, is, would you not say that he throws away points at inopportune times? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And therefore collapses a lot of times But when or in his a, early career phases. In his early career phases, I would trust Max Verstappen completely to, ha- if he even had a ballpark opportunity, he would go for it. Mm. And he would make it work. He would make the move stick and he would make the move and be that dog. Um, so my, 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 George my, does not do it. George gets the yeah. last possible minute. And then out of fear of messing it up, he he clutches so hard. He does not go for a, a gap that exists except the one that's in the wall that he ran into. Literally, the word gap was across the front. If anybody saw that on Reddit, uh, 
uh, where they put in Senna's thing saying, uh, <laughs> if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. And then it shows him going straight in the word gap. You know, That's you know the what's only gap he goes for with the killing instinct. Uh, that that quote is like the if you don't if you don't uh, if you don't can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best of racing. Like if you yeah, no longer it, go for a gap a... that exists, it's 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 a phrase that literally just excuse is just an excuse to like justify toxic racing. Like ninety nine percent of the time, it's used. Oh yeah, well that's <laughs> I mean. Yeah, anything you say. I mean, and it was in defense of the indefensible. Yeah. Like he he there was he had no intention of making that corner. His entire intent was to wreck Alan Prost. So <laughs> he was sitting there lawyering the daylights out of it. And you're gonna sit here and tell me that you're surprised that a legal precedent set in a PR setting uh, is somehow <laughs> still alive today. Oh, I'm shocked. What I'm getting at though, it's like it's like it's I, like it's like the, the if the gloves if the, the gloves gotta fit. If it don't fit, you must quit. You must quit. Yeah, you know, is that that's no, how I just, we know all that shit? I love, I love that quote because I never see it used in terms of actual like. You see it, people use it inspirationally, but when people use it inspirationally, it's always in front of really shitty driving. Where it's like, dude, you just punted that guy, but you got the place. I went for Actually, the gap. I'm a I have a, I and have then a reference that you're gonna love. I what I'm saying is I never see good driving. After I see that quote on a screen in a YouTube video, no. Well, what's your? What's no, your... It's, it's more often that you see it uh, with someone that's Maldonado Maldonadoing something. I brought it back. Pastor Maldonado is going to make it into we this need, season. That's Dog that's on. what we need this season. Is we need Crash Door back. Baby. I need Crash Door. Maldonado, I need Super Maldonado Kart back. I think it does bear the question, uh, yeah. or the question does uh, uh, warrant asking. What the fuck, uh, Mercedes? Uh, you are bungling uh, the relationship with your seven-time world champion uh, in favor of a petulant child who can't seal the deal. I don't understand the long-term thinking um, because you should be just clipping his his ears right now um, and trying to get him in line. He needs to behave as a rear gunner or a solid number two with a respectful number two, but not one that's going to sit there and whinge on the sidelines and drag his feet because that's, wants, that's old. He wants the Nico Rosberg treatment without having any Nico Rosberg. Uh, like building up that Nico Rosberg. He doesn't have Nico Rosberg CV. If you, will. Yeah. you know, you have to have the CV. Uh, Nico Rosberg got to compete in 2016 because Nico Rosberg was at Lewis's level at that point. A. Briefly <laughs> in the grand scheme of his career, but he was there. And then B, like Nico Rosberg put in the licks. He was a veteran too. Yeah, he he did really well. So I, I think just, it brings an interesting thing to the forefront. I don't do could you do a quick Google mm-hmm. um and see whether or not Mercedes has a, an agreement in place, uh or an an agreement in place because I'm a proper uh English speaking person. Um with Lewis for the 2024 season. Mercedes Lewis contract. So he signed a No, that's Mercedes Lewis, not Lewis Hamilton. That's the, I believe he's with the Ravens right now. <laughs> uh he'll be in he'll be in until at least 2025. 
Oh, so he has a big extension. Yep. Yep. So Okay. Well I wonder if that gets in, torn In up racing, that man, is a big extension. Yeah. Man, that that's rough with the way he's getting treated right now. He loses his uh his personal assistant and all of a sudden the team is just done with him. Man, yeah, that's I'm, uh that's a tough time for Toto. I understand ah, you there we go. Hey. I understand, I understand you have to like groom that next level of talent, but you're doing it in a way that it's just it, hot be, garbage. And not only are you begetting your seven-time champion and your old dog and really kind of the face of you as an F1 franchise entity, um, but you're doing it at the expense sometimes of your best driver. Lewis Hamilton is a better driver right now and is more championship caliber driver than George is. It'd be one thing if, like, George had that killer instinct and you're being disrespectful to, like, an old Kimi Raikkonen or something, right? But, like, it, come on, man. Lewis is Lewis has got it, dog. Lewis does have it. Um, and and that's the thing that really hurt, breaks my heart about it. We'll see what happens. Um, but I thought it would be kind of cool if he made a return to, like, McLaren or something or made, I, a, made a move because, you know, to end his career. Um, maybe, okay, you, you know what? You see every once in a while, like – uh, NFL talents, MLB talents that like sign with their team for one last fling. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the Albert Pujol syndrome. Yeah, we're gonna go do one last season, or some team, some guys actually sign a one day contract with like a team to like, retire. Yeah, yeah, to retire as part of that team. I wonder if Lewis doesn't do that with McLaren at some point. I think that'd be pretty cool. Or a cool. one day stop with Ferrari, just to say he was a Ferrari driver. What if what if McLaren was like out of the points? Like they just had nothing to gain. Like could you would if you were if you were if you were Zach Brown and you came to the Abu Dhabi GP and you could go Lewis or even Qatar, like something close to the end. Lewis, you want to do one last ride? One last ride. <laughs> can you they even would, do that? I don't would, know legally if you can Lewis, do that. Since he's a knight, they would probably insist on that being Silverstone. With Lewis, if he had any say in it, it would be Monaco. Yeah. I don't even know so, if you can do that according to the F1 bylaws. I, I doubt that there's. Yeah. I doubt but that would MBS be legal. doesn't strike me as a guy who would really enforce that. Maybe. Allow that to, to get. Maybe, in the way. maybe if it was just a you're doing FP1, like an FP1 driver swap. Right. Maybe like not the race, that. but like an FP1 driver swap. I think I think I think I could look the other way on the. Like yeah, so. technical legality of that, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, that's the movement uh, that that we know about. But Mercedes, man, get your act together. Um, yeah, no kidding. I don't know of any other big headlines. I know that uh, there was a lot to do uh, about Aston Martin again, kind of falling out the back. I think that's more that we talked about last week, where you know you don't understand the development of that car, you can't develop that car. You don't understand the theories behind it. So sorry. Uh, you're going to do the natural thing you do every year, which is fall out the back because after mm-hmm. the summer break, you can't develop anything. Um, and then everything down the line, uh, you know, was there, were there some stories? Yeah. Uh, Ferrari was actually kind of anonymous this weekend. I didn't really see much of them at all. Did you? Uh, I didn't see much of them at all. No, I, I can't name a single thing I saw Ferrari do this weekend to be quite honest with you. Um, and I watched this race live, so which means it wrapped at like 3 a.m. local time. So some of that has to do with that. But no, Ferrari was anonymous. Uh, there's a lot of anonymous racing this this uh, week. 
outside of Checo Perez and Checo wishes he was anonymous this week. Yeah, basically it was uh, just a really big day for McLaren. Yeah. Um, signs uh, also took a, overtook George uh, right at the end. Um, Russell and on lap like 49.50 did get a tow from, uh, from him and uh, <laughs> did get a tow from Lewis. They did scamper away from Signs for about a lap and then he caught them and he caught Russell and he said, and he said to his pit mall, Hey, they're copying my move. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so they're using my move on me or something like that. Um, you know, uh, same Perez, uh, early on in the race, forcing Hamilton off, uh, Perez pits under safety car pit exit was really messy. That rejoining and under and overtaking, uh, on his, uh, second, uh, penalty of the day, man, rough one for him. Alonso's helmet was pretty dope, uh, for the Japanese grand prix. Um, and then Russell and Hamilton dueled a little bit. Hamilton won. Let's see. But, but, uh, Lawson t- punted uh, Botas to in a 180 degree way. Nice. Uh, and then Perez hit K Mag. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't. Perez Poor retired Haas. at lap 15. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing we got to talk in our We know we did talk about that. I'm good. Yeah. Poor um, ha- I, I do want to say poor Haas. They'll, they have upgrades coming at Austin. So they say they're on survival mode right now. Those poor, those poor bastards. Yeah. Um, let's, no, uh, let, uh, let's shift gears as you will. Uh, I did find the one thing that Sign said that was funny. Yeah. Uh, When he got passed by someone, he said, "Uh, I guess we've been undercut. Yeah. And they said, yes, confirmed. Yes, confirmed. (laughs) So it's just like he has to be his own general or else. Can someone hire a strategist at Ferrari? Yeah. uh, He's having to do it in his head. Like, you know, like he doesn't have enough to worry about. Like what? What? What is the Ferrari pit wall? Is it just angry hand gestures all the time? Like no, it's just bewilderment. They, no, you know what? That's what it is. They're communicating with hand gestures, and they haven't realized yet that he can't see those hand gestures because they don't say them; they just gesture. So our answer is racism. <laughs> that that's what our that's what our thing is. It's because they're Italian. <laughs> Uh, that's what that is. Good uh, formation lap turns turns racist. Can't wait to see that. Uh, that well, when you put it that way, I guess. Ouch. All right. I'm just saying. All right. We'll make we'll make we'll make some Haas jokes at the USGP. All right. Haas is slow. We don't USGP have to. They do a good enough job. They freaking they eat too much sugar, and their peanut butter is weird. All right. Uh, uh, hey, let's let's, let's shift over to the NTT IndyCar series. They have their new schedule out. And it looks mighty. It does. Uh, we've lost the Texas Oval. That's the big one. We'll go through it. You're going to start off on Sunday, March 10th at the streets of St. Petersburg. Then, Tim, two weeks later, there's a race. There's no gap in March. What? Huh? That's right. They're going to do the million-dollar challenge. It's like an all-star race for a million-dollar prize. It's closed to the public, but it will be live broadcast. And it's basically like for a who's who of sponsors. There's going to be movers shakers and money at this event and i think this serves it serves it serves a double purpose one it's an all-star race and it closes that gap in the schedule two i bet you you see a lot of cars that find sponsorship steals at the million dollar challenge at the thermal club in california Uh, that's like which i mean when you shift your mindset from the f1 sphere to the indycar sphere that's huge. I, I'm actually quite like this. So you're gonna have that I million like dollars too. I like March. 
yeah, I like March I, a lot. I do too. Uh, then you're going to go to the streets of Long Beach, then Barber Motorsports Park, then the Indianapolis Grand Prix. That's right. No Texas making the Indy 500 the first oval on the schedule, which is going to be brutal because usually you use Texas, which is the only other larger speedway on the calendar to warm up for Indy. You don't get that now. <laughs> no, you don't. You go right up. Right into the month of May, May 11th, the NDGP, then qualifying day one and two the week after, and then the week after that, the ND 500. Then you're going over to streets of Detroit, June 9th, you're going over to Road America. Then here's another twist for you, Tim. Laguna Seca on Sunday, June 23rd. Laguna is not your calendar, uh, is not your season finale now. It's going to be on beautiful temperate weather in June in Monterey. It'll be great. After that, you go into Mid-Ohio, then two races at Iowa Speedway for that awesome double header at the short oval. Then over to the Toronto, then over to Gateway, Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway on mm. August 17th. Oh, Chris always fun. But wait, hold on. It's no longer the final oval because after that, you go to Portland, yes. But then you go to Milwaukee, giving double header status to the Milwaukee Mile one of the oldest oval courses in the world and also go. giving Milwaukee basically three races within an hour of it. Um, but I, I like the Milwaukee mile mile. It's it'll be pretty racy. I think my only concern is we have all short ovals right now. And uh, well, that's about it. I would like a super speedway, but the problem is, is NASCAR owns basically every mid-sized speedway in the country. Uh, every Texas-like speedway, and NASCAR doesn't want to play nice. Um, yeah, I mean, did you expect them to though? No, I don't oh, think I did. And you and you know what, Tim? I'll be honest with you: the Milwaukee Mile being out in the fairgrounds, all right, being like just so so old. I'm trying to pull up when it was built. Yeah, 19. It was paved in 1954. And is originally a dirt track built in 1903. All right. Wow. And I mean, it wasn't too long ago that we were talking about it actually like closing down, right? Like it was basically dead. That was 2013, so, right? That was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Was it? Shoot, you're right. It was a while ago. I think that was 2013 when those rumblings yeah. happened. Yeah. I don't but, know why that sticks out in my mind. But to see it back. I think Tim is honestly fantastic. I'm excited to see it back. Uh, would I like ovals elsewhere too? Yes, but you know what? I'll take it. And a double header, if adequately promoted, can be great. Milwaukee's a good sports town. We move on from there over to the streets of Nashville. Tim, remember that new course goes down Broadway and it's going to be the season closer on Sunday, September 15th. I think that's a stout schedule. I like it. And they also said that they have the opportunity to add to it with an Argentina race, which I know there's talks about how the fans are in Argentina, the death threats to Calamila. They might visibly strangle Alex Pillow at some point. I get it. But IndyCar needs to go more international, and Argentina is a nice fit. Argentina has a history of hosting Grand Prix, the Formula One level. They could host an, an IndyCar race, and it's IndyCar opportunity to tap into a national level market that is underserved 
I'm I'm I am for going to Rio Hondo. I'll be just straight up with you, Tim. I'm I'm all for it. I think it'd be yeah. great. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I I, uh, I don't know what else there is to add to that. I think it'd be awesome. I don't think uh, I think all the naysayers need to get lost. Argentina is yep. a beautiful country with a huge history, and that would be a good place to showcase IndyCar. And if you're you know bummed about the international growth of IndyCar, sorry, bro, that's the way this goes. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. Uh, I wouldn't mind also a race in Mexico, but you know, um, I'll I'll be I'll be real with you though. I would like a couple more intermediates, but uh, we got. Intermediate ovals, middle level ovals, but there is literally nothing that can be done to an extent about it because NASCAR owns them. That blows. Yeah, All right, it so does, but that's NASCAR, man. That's NASCAR. Uh, I guess that is just about it, Tim. Anything you want to add? Um, just that I think that Daniel Ricardo's return is not going to be as great as everybody thinks it is. Um, and Hamilton should get a good drive in a Ferrari, I think. Two hot, but I think genuinely agreeable takes. Thank you. Thank you very (laughs) much. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. A spizu. Versus.